Hello, I'm Kevin Bullock, President and CEO of Signal Gold. We have operations in Eastern Canada. Um, we are producing gold in Newfoundland, which we're winding down uh, early next year. Um, and we're really concentrating on developing our project called Goldboro in Nova Scotia, which is a high-grade, undeveloped open pit um, in the east coast of Canada. Kevin, nice to see you again. It's been um, many years since I last spoke to you. Um, I can see that... Uh, that the years have been kind to you, sir. Well, thank you very much. Likewise. Um, this is part of the Contrarian uh, Investment series that we're doing um, with Crux. So um, first of all, could I just kind of get your opinion of what you think a contrarian investment means and kind of where uh, gold fits into that cycle? Well, I kind of look at it after being through several of these phases, um, these ups and downs cycles throughout the markets as when people are climbing over each other and injuring each other to get through the exit door, um, that to me means that people will be doing that soon through the indoor to watch the new movie that's next. So to me right now, everybody's scrambling to get out. Uh, there's, there's the unknown is the most scary thing and it's, it's, uh, it's Halloween here. So uh, spooky is the unknown. And you know, there's a lot of volatility in this market and there's a lot of things that are unknown with wars and, and challenges and uh, COVID and everything else that's going on in the world. So there's this disconnect between what's really going on and what really matters over the last decades to the price of gold and what's really happening to it. So I think that'll come back. And I think that we're ready for an, an uplift in the gold price and a strong final leg uh, or final couple of legs to this bull gold market that I think we've been in for some time. This is a pause. Um, so what it takes is a lot of uh, determination and, uh, and grit to be investing in a market like this, but it is the time to invest. Um, it, it, we, always, we always look back in hindsight and say, man, I should have put some money in when I thought everything was falling apart. They're called cycles for a reason. They will continue. I, I remember when I last met you, I think it was in um, December 2013. It might have been December 2012. It was in London um, at one of those end of year conferences. I, uh, it was Minds and Money, probably late in the year. And I just remember seeing meeting you and meeting a bunch of other CEOs who were just stunned by the fact that the market had been so terrible in 2011 and then so bad in 2012 and it just got worse in 2013 and the the valuations uh were were so appallingly low that there was it was value destructive to find new ounces you know it was much easier to buy ounces um we're funny enough we're almost at that point now where it's actually easier to buy ounces than it was before um and i thought i thought it was the i called it the low grade kind of um, the low-grade club of these kind of stunned CEOs. You're not in the, that, that club at the moment. You know, you've got good grade on, on Goldborough, but um, valuations are almost at 20, kind of 13, 2014 levels, aren't they, on an EV per ounce basis? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it happens whereby, like, I, like my analogy, I mean, people just, just selling out. We get into tax loss selling this, this time of year till the end of the year as well. Um, people trying to get out for various reasons and it just snowballs and liquidity drops significantly in juniors. So you've got uninterested buyers and motivated sellers and that drives the price down and, and that'll reverse um, when the markets come back 
Uh, sometimes it's it's a new year for institutional funds to start getting back in, uh, right off their losses, get back in uh, at lower levels. People who sell now in tax loss selling to get back in uh, in the new year when they're allowed um, to take that loss, but get back into a company that has been significantly um, undervalued for what its true assets are. So I think, you know, as far as grade goes too, I think there's so many other items that are part of the profitability of a mine. There's grade, but there's hundreds of other things. So um, low grade, I would always ask people, do you, you know, what would you prefer, uh, a low grade mine or a hard, high grade mine? And the answer always is high grade. And my answer and my comment always was, but you don't know anything else about it. It could be one meter of high grade, a thousand meters deep, and you can't mine it. So it really is about geometric deposits and a bunch of other things. But all things being equal, high grade is uh, is very good, especially in open pit deposits, because that simply means your pit has been able to be driven down quite far. Your stripping ratio is probably higher than normal with high grade because it does drive it down to be more profitable open pitting than underground. So, and it's it's a much easier start if you're if your ore body surfaces or is near surface without uh, too much pre-stripping. So fortunately, we're in a first world. Um, we're in an, we've got an anticlinal system that, uh, that breaks out its surface. Um, it's a very high grade uh, open pit mine um, and therefore ticks all the boxes for, uh, for permitting and, and jurisdiction and, and, uh, and mining. Uh, except for the strip ratio, which is which is an eight to one strip. So there's a lot of waste that we have to deal with, uh, a lot of waste rock. But that's simply because the grid of the deposit allows the open pits to be brought down to a 200, I believe it's a 260 meter depth in the west. Yeah. Um, and talking about permitting, you 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 got a significant uh, environmental permit in in August. Yes, um, we submitted our environmental environmental assessment registration document really truly believing we'd have one or two requests for further information and it actually got approved with conditions um the first pass and we're the first ones to get that since tukoi was uh received it uh, several years ago five six years ago um so that was a big step for us because once the environmental permit is is received the rest the rest are a little easier in the sense that you know you're working towards something that's going to happen by doing all the things right, as opposed to is it going to happen? I mean, yeah. if it's cleared the environmentals, it's most likely uh, going to go ahead. So, when you do, what next needs to happen for the project now that you've got the environmental? We've got several things to do. The the main things are the industrial approval, which is the approval to to develop the mine um, based on on the um, on the the receipt of the EARD approval. We now work towards industrial approval, which allows us to uh, mine, and that takes things to a further level. Um, 80% finished detailed engineering on some things in Nova Scotia. Uh, so, so being more uh, technically sound on the on the uh, on the work up front before starting and getting that permit. And there's also the fisheries offsetting. So, in other words, in area any areas whereby we disturb land where we can't adjust. In other words, we can't move the deposit. It is where it is. There's other pieces of infrastructure that have to go in certain areas that will disrupt some wetlands. Compensation of those wetlands with other programs elsewhere uh, is what's called a, a Schedule II amendment to offset the fisheries that, uh, that any disturbance occurs. So we're working on those programs with various uh, local groups and uh, 
the, the local Mi'kmaq, uh, who we work very closely with, First Nations, to look at offsetting programs for our, any areas that we are going to disturb. So though that's the fisheries offsetting. That's the DFO, the Department of Fisheries. Uh, and that and that is um, that is actually a federal. Uh, the only federal portion of permitting we have to do is the fisheries offsetting. And so what does that mean in terms of your uh, timeline in your planning for for development? Um, you know, what, what's your what's the overall timetable? Yeah, it, it, they, they vary in ranges um, and therefore you can't pinpoint exactly when it is, but we feel that we will we're de determined to be shovel ready with all our permits in hand in uh, March of 2024. Okay. So it's it's another uh, year and a few months of final permitting and detailed engineering and long lead item orders, uh, a lot of pre-permit work to be done, um, and then we should be able to start building in uh, in the second quarter of 2024. Okay, good. There's an, I, of course, Preparing for this interview, I kind of go through your news news files, um, your your news um, filings, and your uh, presentation. And I think the kind of the big news from last week is the decision to suspend uh, operations at um, Point Roos, you know, at Point Roos, um, Point Roos, the your mining operation, which has been contributing kind of fifteen to twenty thousand um, ounces per annum. And it's interesting that the the share price response seems to be negative. You know, you, uh, the, the, just looking at the 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 share price graph it seems to tick lower. I know you were talking about um, um, kind of tax loss selling, but it almost feels as if the market is taking that um, in a negative way. And yet, I I always talk to people and say, don't try and run a small operation while you're developing something big. You know, much better just to concentrate on the big thing. So, um, you know, how how you think about it is is it have you closed it because you're just thinking about the bigger project and you want to have your management time on that or uh, what are the what's the kind of the the the, the risk reward balance you've analyzed here yeah partly it's 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 that and it's it's a number of things one is that um you know the mine life at point roos operations really was there was the pine cove pit the original pit that had a mine life of six years and that was extended to to about eight and then the decision was made to start mining some very small satellite deposits they are extremely difficult to mine. Uh, however, we were we were able to make, um, you know, the first couple work, and we're not closing. We're actually winding down over time while we mine out this final Argyle satellite pit, which should generate mm -hmm. eight million dollars of cash flow uh, into about the end of January, February of next year. And we've decided not to continue developing the next deposit which is a little satellite deposit called starter tight because the although it's a reserve and we've stated that reserve it's a 22 month uh, mine life extension with about a 19 or 20 month payback so the risk involved in something of, of spending money to develop and mining and hitting a hundred percent of your plant you still don't get anything back till the final two months that is too high risk for a company who i believe and analysts agree, 90% of our value is in gold roll and uh, less than 10% is at point roost. So for the stock to react like it did by, by curtailing the production in uh, point roost down, uh, down to a wind down and put on care and maintenance to ensure that there isn't risk to the company in developing gold roll really should, in my view, be a positive 
uh, be a positive attribute. And I think it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, whereby we have very, very low liquidity in this volatile environment. But people who were or shareholders who were in the story for its production would have sold without any support on the buy side. So we had very low volume with the shares going down. Yep. I think they will, and they're, and they're going to work their way back, back up. But I truly believe we're a much stronger company being able to focus on Goldbro and move that forward now that we've got the EARD done. Um, thank you. And and um, you talk about it. The, um, the Argyle has generated $8 million of cash. Um, is it going to be cash neutral as you kind of close it down, or are you going to be able to harvest some cash from these last few um, no, it's, months? It's, it's, it's actually going to generate another $8 million of cash as we final uh, oh. find the bottom of the pit, which is quite high grade. Okay. Misunderstood. Thank you. That's 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 really useful. Well, you say you're a stronger company. Is that because you can focus now on, on Goldboro? Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's very, very risky mining these satellite deposits, as you know. Um, if there is any kind of issue whatsoever, whether it's self-inflicted or mother nature, there's no room to pivot. And, you know, that can, uh, as we've seen in the past, we had some water uh, quality issues in our pit at Argyle. Um, it stopped us being able to mine for a month because we were doing the right thing environmentally by treating the water. We never allowed any to be discharged. Um, but that cost us $8 million um, because we were keeping a full staff and, and, and basically treating water as opposed to producing gold. Uh, we did keep producing. We fortunately had some low-grade stockpiles, so it didn't hit us as hard as it could have. But, but those are gone now. We've got a risky... Uh, operationally and financially risky uh, project next, and we're deciding not to start it. We look at uh, seeing if we can make it better. Um, you know, looking at optimizing, looking at also to consider any strategic alternatives in our for our projects that are in mm. um, in Newfoundland and Labrador, because you know we really want to focus on on Goldboro, and I'm sure that um, any potential investors for Goldboro, whether it be on the debt side or the equity side or existing shareholders, would want to focus on Goldboro as well as we move forward and not be deterred by anything else. So, you know, we had a choice. We can try and make stogger tight work, high risk, end up with employees that, that can't get anything if the plan didn't go right. Or we could generate this cash, put a proper financial plan in place to ensure proper retention and severance packages for everybody. Uh, pay off all of our all of our contractors, etc. Close it down properly. Continue with our environmental um, ongoing upgrades, and uh, and concentrate on Goldbro. So that's that's the choice we made to protect, um, you know, the value for our our employees that are even there. Um, and so have, you, have you communicated the, 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 the all of this to your employees so that they kind of they're aware of the severance and the kind of the, the termination of employment opportunities? Yeah, we we, we uh, the group of, of senior management went out there to deliver the message face to face. Um, we're not hiding from this. It's the right thing to do for the employees there. It's the right thing to do for us. It makes us a stronger company. Um, so yes, it's all been uh, it's all been uh, relayed to the employees. How robust was the discussion at the board level? Because you know this, that's a big decision, and and you must have had some kind of uh, culture of being a miner, having you know um, in the in the sense that there must have been a very strong um, ethos within the company to want to keep mining, and that that strategic what was the word you used the pivot. Um, there must have been a, a pretty robust discussion or series of discussions at the board level. Absolutely. Um, we, we discuss everything with the board and we don't make decisions without their backing and, and their support. So 
when we discussed what I've just explained to you, um, such a risky operation that, that, that could affect us on the negative side and on the positive side wasn't, you know, wasn't extremely encouraging um, for a short mind life. The re- reality is it's the mind life. Um, 22 months. I mean, it's less than two years. Yeah. People yeah. don't start mines that uh, unless they're going to go for eight years plus. Yeah. Now, granted, we have infrastructure bought and paid for, but we now have another project that we need to concentrate on. And if we had any glitches to the plan in the next 22 months, sh- such a short time frame, and you can't pivot within that because they're such small pits, um, it would it would really it could really hurt the company. So yeah, um, this is this was explained to the board. We had several. Um, long discussions about it and everybody agreed everybody it's unanimous it's it's the right thing to do for the company going forward it makes us stronger um, and we can treat everybody right in Newfoundland and other employment opportunities within in Nova Scotia from um, the pool of talent that you'd be working with in Newfoundland unfortunately not immediately because of the time frame we just went through of getting our final permits to be shovel mm-hmm. ready so uh, there's very little available um, within within the company. But having said that, uh, we are in in tough times market wise, raising money. But it's a great market for employees to find other jobs. Um, as everybody knows, it's a tough go right now trying to find people. Uh, so these experienced people with with mining in the area and other things going on, and um, you know, marathons building their gold mine in, in, in mm. Newfoundland and need people. I can't imagine that these that these employees can't find uh, work to continue. So, you know, I think it's a, it, I think it's you know it's the best we can do for them. I'll help them transition into something else, and uh, see if we can't uh, find a way to create value with the assets that are there. I mean, quite honestly, we've got the largest deep water port in northern Newfoundland. Uh, that we own right at the site, you could actually convey, concentrate right into the mill from a from a boat on a conveyor. Um, mm. We do we do ship out some of our waste annually um, for fill material that we get a royalty on. Um, so the so you know the the actual asset itself with a significant tailings facility for a long life. Um, someone else with with ore in the area, or someone with concentrate elsewhere that wants to ship there. I don't think the infrastructure will stop working. I think there so, will be something done. I think we will get value out of the infrastructure. Okay, so you ma- you maintain all of that infrastructure. And you've got the, the the optionality to do some kind of business venture with that, some value creation strategy. Correct. I mean, we you know we we are looking at uh, we're looking at all strategic alternatives to maximize the value, and and these assets are are definitely worth something. Uh, the, the the tailings facility alone to build something that would have a five plus year capacity for tailings with hard walls like the like the like our tailings is uh would take three years of permitting and cost you know 50 million dollars yeah. so yeah you know it's a, it's a liability if nothing's happening with it but it's a huge asset if somebody has uh or that they want to put through it or concentrate yeah um, so there's there's some sort of strategy there uh, that 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 someone's going to recognize um and, and, you know, that's why we're winding down, keeping it right on care and maintenance and looking at these at these uh, alternatives. Thank you. That's really interesting. Um, now, going to, to, you used a phrase earlier, which was uh, when people are rushing out the doors and the kind of the pandemonium to try and get out of the cinema, but they want to come back in to watch another movie. Um, what do you see as being the um, uh, any kind of macro catalyst? What do you what do you look for to 
kind of get a feel that other people are wanting to watch this movie again? Is it macro or is it the conversations you're having about your project? No, I think it's macro. Um, you know, we're, uh, as, as we talked about offline earlier, I mean, our share price is probably a third of, of what it was at its high, but so is everybody else. And, and that's macro. So it's, it's what I would like to see and what I'm hoping the perfect storm for us would be because we're not going to be building for a year and not producing for three um, is that we'll have a rollover in, in, in cost ex- escalation. Um, you know, this, uh, this inflation that we're seeing and, and uh, uh, you know, cost inflation on, on building things and operating things uh, can't continue forever. And if it does, well, then something has to break on the revenue side. Gold price has to go up or whatever. So I think what we'll see is we have heavier inflationary measures that are happening, that the gold price will respond by going up. And then we may have, a, as the gold price is going up, the trailing numbers of costs should, might be rolling over. And that might be the perfect time when we hit the button to build um, with costs rolling over and, and gold being a, at a very strong price. But, you know, what we what we do as well is we look at, we look at this, uh, we know it's going to be a 10-year-plus mine life. We think it's going to be much more than that when we include the underground and other exploration. That this has to operate at higher prices of gold and has to operate at lower prices of gold. So, you know, on the you know testing this at uh, at thirteen hundred dollar US gold, it still works, and that's the um, benefit I, of having such a high grade uh, high grade deposit. I always feel that the the best projects will attract capital. hundred percent, hundred percent, and. You know, to build something when th- when times are not good, it, it's always the same. When times are good, you can get the money to build something, and then these these average things get built, and by the time they're producing, uh, maybe prices are back down. It always should be done the other way around, but it's always difficult to get money when the price of the commodities are down. But it's when you should build. What's your um, um, support from the institutions? Are you are you getting um, uh, f- funds to back you in the project? We are, and 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 we, you know, we don't have a huge institutional owning uh, ownership. We, but we've built it up from uh, three years ago when when we started with our new aggressive approach, from seven percent institutional ownership to over twenty five now, and uh, you know a lot of interest in in the Goldboro project, which is why you know we're focusing on that. So I think that'll continue to increase, and uh, you know we'll have more institutional holders in there, you know. They know the value. Looking at looking at feasibility studies and everything about this project with a you know three hundred and fifty million dollar NPV discounted at five percent, um, it, it's it's this this is on sale uh, at the yeah. moment. It's a yard sale, and um, you know things will turn. And you know so you can look at just management alone of this company. We when we're not blacked out, which is quite often, we're buying on the market as well. It's a it's it's. Um, it's something we believe in. It's something that our institutional holders believe in. And right now we've got macro conditions that create, you know, these this volatility in the market and and liquidity is slim. So this is the time when you should be buying, I, I, I guess. I mean, that's the that's the thesis that we're kind of, we're working on. You know, this, this, there there are cycles, and when you you should be buying the Edmund de Rothschild uh, philosophy of kind of when there's blood on the streets, and that's the time to to get in. Yeah. I truly believe that. I mean, you know, he's not the only one with comments like that, right? If you, if you like something and you like the potential of it and the price of the stock goes down, you don't get angry, you buy more. Because nothing's changed about the project. Yeah, yeah. Good. And um, do you, 
Um, do you have a crystal ball? Do you know when it's going to turn? Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody does. Everybody's correct. It's just their timing that's off. No, I, I, I have no idea. Um, I would have said about two months ago, I would have said it's starting to turn and maybe three months ago. And, and I think we'll have a great, you know, great early new year. Now I'm, and it's a gut feeling. It's not based on anything. Um, you know, it's a, my guess is as good as any, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's, maybe it's next fall. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I, when I look at the macro and I look at the, the pain that the tech sector is under, I mean, I saw this very, very exactly the same 25 years ago, you know, at the end of the, the 90s when the kind of the NASDAQ just kind of exploded and the kind of the NASDAQ peaked in 2001 and it was 2002, kind of it was about six or seven months later that the, the metal prices and the commodity stocks really started on that mega rally from 2000. Uh, two on was yes, it was helped by China joining the WTO, but um, the gold price pretty much led out of the gate, and um, I wonder whether we're at that point now. But um, we, we we could be right. You, you, if you're trying to pick the highs and lows, whether you're investing and in, or whether you're building something, it's you, you're not going to be right. But you know, to have a sense of something about to happen, and 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 knowing that it always does, that there are cycles. I remember back in 2001, I think it was, we group, a group that I was involved with, we purchased the Macassa mine um, mm. for, for, for $5 million. And everybody said we paid $6 million too much. And gold was $290-something an ounce. And um, we ended up uh, pushing through with that, with that project and turning that junior company into something called Curtain Lake Gold, um, which then you know, kept progressing to its sale just not long ago, Technique Legal for, uh, you know, and that started with a $5 million purchase when everybody said gold's going off the map. It's, it's, that was contrary and for sure. And, um, you know, investing in today's market, whether it's going to, whether it's turning now or whether it's turning next fall or sometime in between, it's going to turn. And I mean, you've, you've used words like contrarian fire sale, you know, um, What's what's the downside risk? You know, because this is always a play between risk reward, and we can we um, we've talked about what the rewards might be, but what what's the how how protected do you feel that the the sector is or the the the, the downside is for investors? Well, there's big down. I mean, there's very big downside, right? Because you could put all your apples into moving something forward, thinking things are going to change soon, and it takes an extra twice as long to to actually be able to survive through that time and have the support of various uh, shareholders or institutions that understand what you're doing and be able to survive if it does take longer is key because you don't want to lose your, your main asset by be, being too aggressive based on, on your own crystal ball because you're never going to be exactly right. And uh, you gotta, you got to be able to march through to when it does happen, whether it's sooner or later. So how, how do you, how do you, mitigate that how do you plan for that you know what's the discussion that, that, that what's your philosophy on on um kind of timelines and you know you, we don't know when the market's going to turn uh think you're going to be in production in 2026 um how do well, you, you keep, how do you for us it's to keep the interest in the company and and there's in canada we have what's called flow through we also have uh, charity flow through which are which money can be raised at quite a premium. So even when things are bad, there's 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 that availability. And for us, we found three million ounces on the eastern half of our Goldboro project. The the geophysical signature continues through the western half to a past another past producer 
called Dolliver Mountain. So there's a kilometer and a half that doesn't have a single drill hole in it that we're going to drill uh, starting next week. And that's using flow through funds. And that keeps that excitement. We talked earlier offline about the, the Lasan curve. And when you're in that flat area of it, trying to develop something and people lose interest, we're going to stick a wedge in that and create excitement. And that wedge is going to be drilling west of the current resource. So, you know, that to us is, I'm answering the question in a different way, but it's, that's our plan to keep excitement on the project while we're trying to develop it. But it also keeps excitement and keeps people you know, waiting for those drill results, et cetera, if things take time for, for, for the market to turn around. So, you know, we've got, you know, where's the best place to look for, for a gold mine is next to a large deposit or in the shadow of a head frame. We've got both with a geophysical signature. So that's going to be exciting as we drill that. And that drill will start turning on the 7th of November. And if you've got 3 million ounces at two and a bit grams a ton, uh, the hope is that you'll find another extension to that. And you can actually grow this into a, an even more significant resource base. That's correct. Great. Um, Kevin, good luck with all the projects. Um, good luck with the, the the wind down and the harvesting of the cash at um, Point Roos. Um, really nice talking to you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Great to see you again, Ron.